Welcome to the Menopause and Sex Podcast, where we discuss women's sexuality as it relates to the experience of menopause. I am your host, Christy Ann. Let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by Wet Orchid. Wet Orchid is an online shop featuring products for women in menopause, including vaginal moisturizers, Kegel and other exercisers and devices, sexual aids, and other products to help women treat and resolve the negative sexual symptoms associated with menopause. Go to wetorchid.com to learn more about how the products on this site can help you or your partner's specific symptoms and needs. In today's episode two, we're going to discuss some of the reasons why a woman's libido may decline after menopause. And then later on, we're going to discuss some potential things that she can do to try to get her libido back. So let's get into this list of the reasons why a woman's libido may decline after menopause. Here are a few common factors. Number one, hormonal changes. Menopause leads to a decrease in estrogen and testosterone levels, which can result in a decrease in sexual desire. Now, this isn't across the board all the always the same for every woman. For some women, their testosterone levels can go up and they may actually get more sexually aroused after menopause. Uh, But like I said, the experience is different for everybody. It's never quite the same. So some women after menopause, they lose a lot of desire. Other women, it can go up. Some women may not experience much, much of a change at all. But when you tend to see a decrease Yeah, in the libido, it's typically one of the first places you're going to look is a decrease in estrogen first, for, for sure, and then potentially testosterone levels. Now, the second thing on the list is vaginal dryness. So vaginal dryness um, is, of course, caused by a decrease in those same estrogen levels. And in turn, once the vagina starts getting dry and if it's not treated in time, this can cause discomfort um, during sex, uh, pain, of course, during sexual intercourse due to the lack of moisture, you're going to cause friction, that's going to cause tearing and chafing and potentially fissures and stuff like that down in that area. And that in the long run is going to make her lose sexual interest because she's going to be thinking in the back of her head subconsciously that I'm not going to enjoy this. And it just becomes a downward spiral when the vaginal dryness is not treated. So the third thing on this list is fatigue and mood changes. So menopause symptoms such as hot flashes, night sweats, and sleep disturbances can lead to fatigue and mood changes. And anytime you're tired, you're just not going to feel all that, a whole lot of sexual desire. So when you compound all of this fatigue and mood changes on top of all the other problems women typically have at this point in their life, you know, career and family and community, all those kind of things, it just makes it even worse. And so she's not getting a chance to take some breaks, get away from all that, relax and get some of the stress off. She's just often a woman, her sexual desire just tanks. So, um, that's something that needs to be looked into if that is the case is are you not getting enough rest if if you're the woman who's experiencing this and if you're a man who is married to a woman who is 
or you know her your girlfriend is um losing sexual desire as menopause is coming on it may be of course these first few things i said hormonal problems vaginal dryness but you know fatigue and mood changes um may very well be just a life lifestyle thing and that might be something that you could contribute to helping her out um you know more around the house or doing things to take some of the load off of her so that way she has some time to relax and recoup and find some energy to have sexual energy. So that is number three. Let's get on to number four, which is psychological factors. So menopause can bring on about psychological changes, including feelings of loss, body image concerns, and anxiety about aging, which all can impact libido. Because for women especially, Sex is a lot of times mind over matter. And so when we're seeing our bodies change and, you know, menopause, it, it makes you gain weight in places you didn't used to have it. You know, you start comparing yourself to what you used to look like, what women are portrayed, you know, on social media and on regular media. And all of that can just make a woman not feel so sexy anymore, not feel so attractive Um, sometimes partners can say things that even if they didn't mean it can be hurtful and make a woman not feel so attractive anymore. And all of that can take a downward spiral, you know, go on a downward spiral and make her not feel sexy. And if she doesn't feel sexy, she's not going to act sexy. So that's something that definitely is something to be looked into is, What are the psychological factors that could be affecting your libido? So let's get into number five, which is relationship issues. So changes in sexual desire can also be influenced by relationship dynamics, communication problems, or stress within the relationship. And we all know this. I mean, you know that when you first meet, you're first dating, you're all, you know, hot and heavy for each other. And over time, as you get used to each other, those desires go away. And that's kind of normal and natural. We expect it as, you know, as a marriage progresses that things, you know, simmer down. But sometimes they can simmer down a little too much, um, you know, and this is, you know, you forget to date each other. That's one thing. Um, Or changes just, you know, we grow in different directions. We're not working on our communication like we used to. Things can get mis- miscommunicated. Um, things, topics can be left on the back burner. People can, you know, hold things in. Resentments can grow. A lot of things can go wrong in relationships that get put on the back burner or don't get discussed. And it shows itself, it manifests itself through um, a lessening of intimacy. Um, women very much... <sighs> We're, we're not quite as much like men as when it comes to compartmentalizing about sex. Now, not to say women can't compartmentalize because we can, but for the most part, women, we really need to be inspired to have sex. And it's beyond just being Randy Ford or wanting just the physical aspect of sex. It... it a woman doesn't necessarily want to have sex with the man that she's upset with or is not really fully happy with. So when there are relationship issues, 
she may just not want to have anything to do with the man until those things are resolved. So when a woman is dealing with menopause and dealing with um, a lack of libido, again, along with the, the, the previous four topics I talked about or, or potentials, relationship issues, that's one place you've got to look. Is there something going on in the relationship that could be contributing? So... Let's get on to the next one. Number six, medications. So certain medications prescribed for menopause symptoms, such as hormone replacement therapy or antidepressants, which those antidepressants are often prescribed to help handle things like hot flashes. These all can have side effects that sometimes can decrease libido. So if you've ever had an antidepressant before, um, I know myself, I've had, I had them many years ago. And they do. They really tank your libido. It, it doesn't matter whether you're in menopause or not. Antidepressants can really completely tank your libido. And some doctors will prescribe antidepressants for women who are having really severe hot flashes because they can help with the hot flashes. But the trade-off can be the fact that it just tanks your libido. And it can be very difficult to combat that medically induced decrease in libido. Um, my personal history was the only way to combat it was to get off the antidepressants. Uh, I personally have not ever tried antidepressants for hot flashes because of my history of taking them before and not liking the side effects. So of course I can't give you advice on what to do, but if you're on, on antidepressants and you're experiencing a really low libido, after starting them for, you know, the use of trying to treat your menopause symptoms outside of the sexual side effects, then, you know, you might need to have a discussion with your doctor to see if, if, you know, is it worth the pay, you know, the trade-off of not having the hot flashes. So of course, that's something you have to work out with your doctor and decide is that good for you or not. But also too, the hormone replacement therapy, you know, if it, the hormone replacement therapy is supposed to be helping you to kind of get back to the state you were before. But if it is a cause of decreasing your libido, then the, again, that's a discussion you need to have with your doctor to find out, is this really what you, the path you need to be going down? Because maybe it's not working. So if you're on medications, um, work with your pharmacist, work with your doctor to see, could they be affecting your libido? And if so, see if there is a workaround a different medication, maybe something more natural you could do in replace of it. See what other your other options are. Let's get on to the next one now. And that is number seven, health conditions. So chronic health conditions such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, depression, which are all common things in older women, they can all contribute to a decline in sexual desire. So of course, if you're not healthy, you're not going to, you know, if you're not generally healthy, you're not going to be healthy for sexual activity. Um, first of all, if you're not healthy, you may not even desire it. But let's say that you did, it may not necessarily be the safest thing to become very sexually active if your ticker is not, um, you know, as efficient as it should be. So if you are dealing with anything such as high blood pressure, diabetes, um, mental health issues, you need to start working on those things first before worrying so much about the libido issues because dealing with those issues could 
turn around a lot of what you're dealing with with the libido. And as you're getting older, all these things set in place. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter how healthy of a lifestyle you have. If you are genetically predispositioned to having high blood pressure or diabetes or even depression, you're going to get it. I mean, I know for myself, for a fact, I'm getting ready to turn 52. I am of a very healthy weight. Uh, I exercise all the time and um, I have high blood pressure and I'm on the cusp of diabetes and it is all genetic, it, it, all in my family. So the, all I can do is do my best. Um, but here's the thing. If I didn't stay on top of everything and do my best to stay as healthy as I could, I'd be a lot worse off. So if you have any kind of health conditions, like I said, even if it's genetic and you just can't avoid it, you still have to stay on top of your health game. So work with your doctor and make sure that you are healthy for sex first before you go on to the next step of working on your uh, postmenopausal libido. So those are the seven things that I had on the list. Um, let's go ahead and get into... Um, the next part of this show that I wanted to talk about is that a lot of what's going on when the estrogen in your body starts to decline after menopause is that a lot of blood flow is no longer going down to your genitalia area. And that's a lot of what gets you aroused is that blood flow going down there. So in my course of learning how to um, increase my libido, I've started thinking, well, what are ways I can get the blood flow back down there? Um, because here's the thing, when estrogen levels decline, the vaginal walls become thinner, drier, and less elastic, leading to a reduced blood flow in the area, which that in turn can lead to vaginal dryness, reduced libido, and discomfort or pain during sexual activity. So, what we need to do is, well, what I suppose I needed to do was, was to try to artificially bring more blood flow to the area because that in turn, in theory, should kind of help out with albedo. And I found that in my practice that, yes, it does work. It works quite a bit for me. Um, and there's many different ways that you can bring Blood, fl blood flow through heat to your area down there. Um, you can do this with things you have at home right now, such as, you know, warm washcloths, um, you know, different, uh, oh, what do you, like hot water bottles, like um, that you use for like, you know, to put on your head or something when your head's hurting or on your back when your back is sore. Um, but yes, you have things like that that you can use. There are products that are made for heating, um, which include toys, um, medical devices that are made specifically for rejuvenating the vaginal area um, that heat up. There are topical products, um, you know, like creams and such that will draw blood to the area by... Um, basically creating heat in that area and that will draw blood to the area and create arousal very similar to how you experienced before you started getting a decrease in blood flow so while heat 
is a very popular method to increase blood flow to the vaginal area in menopausal women. Um, the one thing is that it won't necessarily directly heal your symptoms. It won't directly allow your body to create more, you know, thicker vaginal walls um, or to naturally be more moist. But what it's going to do is help create a situation where those things can happen the best it can for where your body is at. And in the meantime, what you can be doing is using other methods along with the heat to help rejuvenate your tissues down there. And let me give you a few of these things that you can be doing along with you doing the heat. So first thing is regular exercise. Physical activities such as aerobic act exercises will help with blood circulation throughout the body and that includes the vaginal area so if you're living a sedentary lifestyle if you're not getting your exercise this is a great reason to do it beyond the fact that you know what we just talked about was the fact that you know you need to be get your cardiovascular uh, um, health going address your diabetes if you have that uh, address any depression you may have and again that is done through regular exercise so by being in shape, that in turn will lead to you being more um, uh, more aroused in the bedroom. So the second thing is pelvic floor exercises, which are also known as Kegel exercises. These exercises target the muscles supporting the pelvic organs. And strengthening these muscles can help enhance the blood flow to the vagina and improve sexual function. So picture this. Your vagina is a canal of tissue that is supported by muscles. So the vaginal canal itself is not a muscle, but is completely supported by muscles. Now, if those muscles get out of shape, they're not going to work efficiently. They're going to tighten up, give you pain, and you're not going to have a good, efficient blood flow in the area because of the fact that everything is out of shape. So the more you get that area in shape, the better the blood flow can be. How you do that? like I said before, is with Kegel exercises, which exercisers, which are devices that are inserted into the vagina and depending on, you know, their specific function, you'll work with these to do certain exercises, which are going to allow those muscles down there to grow, to tone and to be more reactive. So that way that the blood flow is starting to come back down there starting to feed those tissues. And in the long run, that's going to be on a great upward spiral to where your vagina starts to get toned again and can start to produce its own natural, where it can start creating its own natural lubrication again. Along with the Kegel exercisers, there's also pelvic floor exercises you can do that aren't necessarily using a device like that. Um, I actually have a big list of these exercises available that you can get for yourself um, that, you know, you, if you are a woman, can use. Or if you're a man if you, and you're listening and you want to help your wife out, that you can pass on to her. And um, I'm going to tell you more about how to get that list later on in the podcast. So let me get on to the next thing, though. Um, so a third thing that you can do beyond using heat, is vaginal moisturizers and lubricants. Over-the-counter vaginal moisturizers and, and, let me say that again, over-the-counter vaginal moisturizers and lubricants can help 
relieve dryness and discomfort, making sexual activity more comfortable and increasing blood flow to the area. So you might be thinking, if you hadn't heard before, vaginal moisturizers and vaginal lubricants, well, is that the same thing or are they different? No, they are different. So if you weren't already versed on them, I'm going to give you just a quick lowdown on it. But yes, vaginal moisturizers and vaginal lubricants are different. Basically, lubricants are something that you use in the moment during the sexual activity. And a vaginal moisturizer is something that you're using um, more as a preventative measure. It's something you're not necessarily using during sexual activity, but it's something that you would use right after your shower, um, a few times a day, depending on the product that you have to help um, build up moisture outside of sexual activity so that you're prepared for it. And what vaginal moisturizers, if you are moisturizing regularly and you are also having regular uh, penetration, what this can do in the long run is help slough off that old lining, that old dried up lining that began to build, which is making it hard for your natural lubrication to come through. It's kind of like you get a callus on your hand or anywhere in your body. I mean, you've gotten dry skin before, I'm sure. And you notice when you get dry skin, your natural body oils can't come through it. So you, what do you do? You get an exfoliant. You use that on your skin. You get rid of that old skin, that old dead skin. Your natural oils come through. Then you continue to lubricate through using the right moisturizers. You get rid of your dry skin issue. Well, the same thing works in the vagina. Now, of course, you can't use exfoliants like, you know, the kind you can use on your skin inside your vagina, but by using the correct vaginal moisturizers, using the right uh, pelvic uh, internal exercisers or vaginal dilators, as well as having regular penetrative sex, you can slough off that old lining and get your vagina back to where it, or very close to what it was before menopause. And, you know, like I said, often what happens is we start getting dryness and we don't treat it right away and it just gets worse. But once you catch on to it, start treating it, you can revert and continue to keep it healthy as long as you're willing to commit to keeping it healthy. Okay, let's get on to number four. So here's the fourth you can fourth thing you can do outside of heat. And this, this isn't for everybody, but for some women, Hormone replacement therapy, or HRT, which is estrogen therapy, it's available as creams, patches, or pills, and can be prescribed by a health provider. Now, this is not something you're going to get over the counter. You're going to have to go to your doctor, and they're going to have to do an assessment on you to make sure that you're ready for this. Um, Now, HRT can alleviate vaginal dryness and increase blood flow to the vaginal area. But again, it has to be uh, the right product for the right person. If you're somebody who has had cancer before, especially breast cancer, uh, pills, they're not going to give you that. I already know this because I've had breast cancer and they've told me, no, you won't get any kind of pills because it's just too likely that it could re-trigger your cancer again. Um, But they have told me that a cream is something that I could do. Patches, I've never talked to them about before, but again... Um, what my situation is, isn't necessarily going to be for yours. You need to talk to your doctor and see, but that is something you can go to them about and see if it's, uh, if it is a uh, feasible thing is doing hormone replacement therapy, if that's something you should try. So let's get on to the next thing is medications. 
So certain medications such as selective estrogen receptor modulators or SERMs, they can help improve blood flow to the vagina and relieve symptoms of menopause. So if you have not heard of an SERM, now you have. Talk to your doctor. See if this is something that might work out for you. Okay, number six are alternative therapies. Uh, Things like acupuncture can help improve blood circulation, reduce symptoms, and enhance overall well-being. Of course, a lot of um, acupuncture, a lot is not known how this works. Um, I don't have a lot of information right now on acupuncture working with menopause, but that could be something for a future uh, episode. Maybe I should do a little research and find out some more information about it and um, see if maybe that's something that could be, you know, a good alternative. Um, uh, Maybe I'll even try it out myself and report back what the experience was like, so... Uh, let's see here. And number seven, psychological and emotional support. Addressing the psychological or emotional factors that may affect sexual desire or arousal is crucial. So here's the thing. Psychological issues when it comes to sexuality can crop up at any time in your life and could be about anything. It could have something to do with your current relationship you're in. Maybe you're upset at your partner or you have some kind of problems, but it could be something from your past. It could be something that you completely never addressed. There could be different things affecting you that you're not aware of. And sometimes the only way to discover those is through getting the right psychological help. Um, You know, if you were traumatized when you were younger, you know, through any type of sexual violence, um, or even if it wasn't something like that, it, it could have been just growing up in a toxic family. There could be things going on that are affecting you that you're just not aware of. So if you suspect that you're dealing with any kind of depression, any kind of disassociation, um, any kind of trauma, it's always a good idea to, you know, at least take a few steps sessions with a therapist to see if there could be anything underneath psychological that's causing you problems. Because here's one of the things is that if you do have trauma, if you have things going on, it can actually make your body, your vagina specifically, tense up. You know, if you have hangups about sex, if you have this idea in the back of your head that sex is going to be painful, then it will be painful. Like, you know, if, if, if it's getting to be where it's, you're always dry and it's not comfortable, it could get to where in the back of your mind, you're just always so sure it's not going to be comfortable that you just tense up before sex, no matter what. And yes, now it's uncomfortable. So if you're noticing that, that might be a a thing where you need to start working on with a therapist to see, is there something going on that is causing you to tense up, causing you to withdraw to disassociate you know just see if there is something psychological beyond the physical that could be causing your discomfort and um your your lack of arousal so let's see here there are several artificial ways in men that a woman in menopause can increase her libido here's a few options let's look at them of course we talked about the hormone replacement therapy um, the right synthetic hormones, which would be estrogen, 
um, with or maybe uh, or in place of progesterone. It could be combined or one or the other is what I meant to say uh, to alleviate menopause and simple symptoms. Um, can, in some cases, um, help with low libido. It may only help with some symptoms, such as the, the dryness and the, and the thinning of the walls, but in some women it can help with everything. So um, that's something that you'll have to work with your doctor on, finding out, you know, if that, what works for you, trying, you know, different levels of the hormone therapy um, and seeing, you know, how things go day by day and working with them to figure out if it's going to work for you in that case. So the next thing you can do, trop topical estrogen creams. These creams are applied directly to the vaginal area and can help increase blood flow, which that will improve the lubrication and enhance sexual pleasure. And upward spiral, the more you get pleasure, the more you're going to want pleasure. So once everything is working and lubricated and the more you like it, the more you're going to want it. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, what happens when you have an orgasm, and even if you don't have an orgasm, because it doesn't need to always be about orgasm, but when you engage in sexual pleasure, that increases your uh, dopamine and you your feel and uh, oxytocin, the feel good hormones. Those things, those hormones in the long run, make you feel better about yourself. They they contribute to your entire uh, overall healthy picture. So beyond just your relationship, but, you know, for your overall in, entire life, your entire mental well-being, your physical well-being, it's, it's very good for you to have orgasms every day or at least sexual uh, intimacy. You know, even if you don't climax, getting just feeling the uh, release, just being intimate. And even if it's just with yourself, nobody's saying you have to have sex with a partner. You can pleasure yourself. Take yourself out on a date night in your own bed. Light some candles. Get out some massage oils. Listen to some sexy music. But if you have a partner, make sure you include them because they would miss out. <laughs> they sure would. Okay, so let's see here. Next thing on our list is testosterone therapy. So testosterone is an important hormone for sexual desire in both men and women. So we don't always hear about it as much. But yes, women have testosterone. And some women may benefit from low-dose testosterone therapy to boost libido. However, it's important to consult with your doctor. Uh, but, of course, you can't really get testosterone therapy without consulting your doctor. So if you um, have not tried it and you're getting ready to go to your doctor, ask them. You know, is this something? Can, we be can I be tested to see if this could be a potential therapy to help me out? Okay, next thing is medications. So certain medications um, can have an effect on increasing the libido. And again, we're going to go right back to those, um, the, the antidepressants. A lot of times, more often than not, they can decrease your libido. But in some cases, some women have reported it increasing their libido. I'm not sure exactly why that is, but it has been reported. I'm going to assume the reason why is maybe it, it got them to a place where they were healthy and happy enough that they were able to find their libido and it just didn't affect them physiologically the way it does other people. So what you can take from this is it might work for you and it might not. I mean, all you could do is try it. So, um, you know, I, I would say 
using antidepressants, I, I, I personally would say that's the last course. I would try it as the last thing. But again, I'm not a doctor, so I can't advise you on that. That's something you have to talk with your doctor. But my own personal experience is, is I would try everything else on this list before I would try antidepressants myself. So you take it for what that is. Okay, final thing is psychological counseling, which we pro- pretty much talked about before. Uh, working with a counselor. Um, you know, there are therapists out there who work with people over sexual issues. So, you know, you can find, of course, a therapist to help you with your generalized, you know, anxiety and depression, but you can find therapists who who will help with sexual uh, function issues, who can help you look back into the emotional factors that could be affecting you, um, that they can help you make a plan of things that you could do that might include some cognitive behavioral therapy, which is basically kind of baby stepping you into a situation slowly allowing you to adjust, uh, bring your anxiety down. You know, so this would be kind of like stepping slowly into sexual situations, not, you know, like not going full, full on penetration. If, if you're getting tense, you know, just like starting out with a little massage and just until you relax and then maybe going to the next step the next time. And, but of course that's something you want to work out with your doctor, but, um, a sex therapist can definitely help. And this can be something that you work as a woman, you work directly with them, just you and the doctor, or this could be something where you bring your, your husband or boyfriend into, um, of course, for women who are um, in a same-sex relationship, bring in, bring in your uh, female partner and uh, work with a sex therapist who can help not only figure out what are the emotional things going on, but maybe they'll be able to identify, you know, uh, incompatibilities on performance and things that we're trying in the bedroom and give you some suggestions on some things you could try that might help um, learn more about each other's bodies, learn more about what turns each other on, and in the long run create, you know, some new experiences for you to try and discover new things about your sexuality and and bring it it out, um, out beyond those fearful things and help you redevelop that. So this concludes episode two. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to stop by wetorchid.com and check out all the great products there for women in menopause to help them with their sexual desire issues, including vaginal moisturizers, Kegel exercisers, and devices like I talked about in this podcast, and their sexual rejuvenation kit, including an ebook called Restoring Your Sexual Response After Menopause, which gives ladies lots of great information on how they can figure out what exactly their symptoms are, what's causing them, and the best things they can do to resolve these issues within the next couple of weeks rather than taking a couple of years of trying everything out there that may or may not work. This guidebook condenses it all and tells you what will work for what you're dealing with. Saves you a bunch of time. Anyways, until next time, I am your host. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye.